Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. Today I have with me Wayne Miller, the Executive Director of the Venture Center in Little Rock. Thank you so much for joining me today. Matt, thank you for uh, for allowing me to participate. Honored to, to join you today. Would you mind, before we get into FinTech and the FinTech Accelerator, just tell me a little bit about the Venture Center? Absolutely. So uh, the Venture Center is a, we're a not-for-profit organization. And uh, our mission is is really threefold, is to, to educate, uh, to collaborate, and, and to also to accelerate. We're really interested in helping people with early stage ideas sort of still have my full-time job, you know, and, but I've got this idea on the back of a napkin, where do I go from there? Um, we provide other community programming that helps with workforce development here in town. On the, uh, on the Collaborate side, uh, we're working very closely to really try to help lift the state, if you will, working with the other ESOs, with Startup Junkie, with Conductor, with Innovate Arkansas. We're all kind of after the same effort here in terms of trying to, you know, how, to, you know, how does the tide, you know, kind of lift all boats here in terms of making Arkansas better recognized for really what is a storied history of entrepreneurship when you look at companies like FIS, look at companies like obviously Walmart and J.B. Hunt and, and, and Tyson and so forth. I mean, my gosh, look, it's really quite remarkable what's come from Arkansas. And the world doesn't know a whole lot about that, but we're all yeah. working to try to help with that. And then lastly, on the Accelerate side is we've really built, you know, we've built a couple of great accelerators, but to me, those are really innovation programs that are helping large companies innovate at a level of granularity that's very difficult for them to do. It's, it's hard for an organization the size of FIS at $9 billion to work with two founders you know, uh, who have an MVP and a patented algorithm and help them bring that to market and have an impact in terms of fintech. You know, um, the CEO and president of FIS, Gary Norcross, is an alumnus of the Walton College, and he's on my advisory board. And I've always been very impressed with him and FIS and just the fact that they have this kind of an accelerator. And that's one thing I'd like to talk to you a little bit about today. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of the people listening to this really aren't familiar with the accelerator concept. Would you mind kind of just going over that at a high level and then we can get into some sure, of the Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, I think... Uh, uh, the fact that Gary's on our cans and, and that FIS was really founded here, if you look at the systematics relationship from 1968, we, we look at that history as the foundation of why it made a lot of sense. People often say, well, why are you doing this in Little Rock, Wayne, for God's sakes? Where is that, by the way? So uh, I think it really does relate back to that. When we look at, you know, even the, the, the obviously FIS, which was systematics in 1968, which was founded here, became Altel and is now a $9 billion concern. I think they're... 23,000 banks globally, 53,000 people. So we're, uh, we're fortunate to have them as a client. And I think we've been very helpful. Uh, we're entering our fourth year with FIS as far as the accelerator is concerned. And this year, we had a second accelerator working with the ICBA, and that is the Independent Community Bankers of America. So they represent 4,700 community banks across this nation. 90, it's 99.5% of the banks in this country. Well, it's pretty impressive, the... I mean, that the Venture Center's accelerators 
have such a strong emphasis on banking and finance. It's impressive. Yeah, you know, it's uh, accelerators um, have been around for a while. And I like to think of this, again, as an innovation program to which the accelerator is a tool in that toolbox of innovation. Uh, it is not the, this 12-week program that I'll speak to a little bit for you. It's not, it doesn't begin and end there. In fact, I think it really begins when it ends. Now you've worked with this company, you've helped shore them up, you've made them better, helped to accelerate some of their processes, validated their solution against real problems, working directly with FIS clients or bank, banks as a whole. How do we continue to, to help uh, bolster our alumni beyond the accelerator and, and working with FIS? We had uh, two companies in the last cohort, one that came from, uh, from, from Zurich, uh, another that came from Poland. A uh, Polish company was, was a blockchain solution called Billin. And uh, the company out of Zurich is a company called uh, Sonic, who is uh, turning uh, merchant cash registers into ATM machines. So we're looking for ways to help the banks make money and save money and improve really the customer journey and their experience. And, you know, 80% of millennials are sleeping with their phones today. So that's, uh, that's where that begins. The selection process takes us roughly about 100 to 120 days. So we do a high level of due diligence, about three levels of interviewing. And, um, you know, I, I like to use the expression, there's a lot of pretty horses out there. you got to find the right jockeys. So we work very, very hard to help identify that. Once we make that selection, uh, FIS then makes a $75,000 investment in each of these companies. It's a seed investment that they make, and we do that through a safe agreement. How many companies? Ten is what we select. We select ten. We then... Uh, have them on premise in Little Rock for the 12 weeks. And kind of three key reasons for that. One is, um, you know, uh, the state plays a role in helping to fund, so they're a stakeholder. Uh, we've had 30 companies come through in the last for the total of the last three cohorts, and seven of those 10 companies have decided to make Arkansas their home. So we've had some success in moving companies here to headquarter. Uh, from the standpoint seven, of, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, out of 30, we're pretty happy with that. And that's, that's more than we expected. We, yeah. we expect maybe one or two. And, and we're clear about this coming in. We don't, we don't try to you know, throw a dark hood over them, throw them in a van, and, and brainwash them about Arkansas. But we do try to let them see the value of Arkansas. One, obviously, it's a great state from the standpoint of outdoor activity and all that sort of thing. But I mean, you're averaging more than two per cohort. That's, uh, that's pretty remarkable compared to other accelerators I'm familiar with. Well, you know, I think a couple of reasons for that. One is, you know, and, and you know this, is, is and I, I've learned if, if you don't know someone in Arkansas, you can turn to the person next to you and ask them. And they, chances are they <laughs> that do. That is true. So, so, so access to people here to get things done is just different than it does in, as in other parts of the world. Secondly, the state incentives for early stage companies are really quite, quite meaningful. And I think that we encourage them to learn and listen and understand those and all that. But you don't think about being, you know, five people and trying to start up an organization with a little seed funding. Hey, maybe I can get some extra help from the AADC or something like that, from an economic development arm of the state government. So we work very closely with AADC, and we're grateful to them because the governor and the AADC, Mike Preston and Tom Chilton, help support our program through the innovation grant that's in the legislation. So they, they help fund this. So obviously we have, uh, that we look to them as a stakeholder. You know, I think a uh, Trips to Northwest Arkansas and, 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 and Petty Jean and, and Hot Springs and so forth, people begin to see, hey, the folks are nice here. I got great access. Cost of living is great. You know, quality of life here is nice. The pace is nice and great restaurants. So it's, uh, there's, there's a, there, there are wonderful collisions that occur amongst the cohort when they visit. So you have 10 companies, 10 founders. 
usually a couple per company that come for the 12 weeks. But each of them has a little different expertise. They're at a little different trajectory. We've had companies that have been very far along and companies that are very, very early stage. So, you know, there's a, there's a curriculum challenge there. You know, how do you teach first graders and graduate students sort of in the same classroom? But we manage through that with, you know, kind of getting them baselined in the first week and making sure we get those gaps filled with the right SMEs and so forth. But great stuff happens between them and they help each other and they develop lifelong relationships. What percentage, roughly, just of the ones that are selected have founders that came from the banking or finance industries? You know, I would suggest, if I reflect back, um, I think of uh, right, right, right away Kathleen from, from uh, HTC Mobile Apps. Kathleen was a community banker. Uh, one woman founder, which is great. In our second core, we actually had three women founders. So the fintech industry is, 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 is rife with a lot of white guys, right? And not enough women and, and diversity. So we're eager to see more of that, obviously, and, and support that. Uh, she was a community banker. We have seen, uh, I think if we go and talk about Upper Room, so Matt was uh, the CEO of that company. He came from uh, the bond business, uh, which is how he identified that. I, I'd say as a percentage, probably about 30% probably come from the industry. Hmm. But but most of them, you know, I, I told you about Sonic. Uh, Sandy Pan was, was actually a banker, so he, he, he's an example. But um, Sonic came, you know, I love the stories. The stories of, you know, sometimes to me, the, 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 the most fascinating part is, is, is why they do it as opposed to how or what they do, right? So he and his wife were bankers. Um, they had children and they had a babysitter and lived in Bern. And of course, it snows a lot there, right? So she said, hey, make sure to pick up some cash at the ATM on your way home to pay the babysitter. Well, of course, he forgot. He gets home, looks at his app. The nearest ATM is about, as he said, about three quarters of a click away. So he had a, about three quarters of a mile, you know, walked out in the snow. And as he's walking to the ATM machine, he looks in the window of a pizzeria and sees a proprietor making change out of the till and said, well, why can't I have some of that cash? Why do I have to go all the way to this ATM machine? Can't I help him by taking some of his cash, make it more convenient? And that's how Sonic was founded. So the idea was that every merchant through an app would be able to, really, they want to get rid of cash, right? They, they don't want to have a lot of cash around. Increase foot traffic use the platform for advertising, create no-cost convenience for the consumer. So I can sit here at the Venture Center, look at Samantha's restaurant, and say, you know, I need 40 bucks to go home and pay the babysitter. So I get my 40 bucks. I walk in there. They scan my phone. It takes it from my account. They get rid of the 40 bucks they get me. Maybe I'll buy a beer while I'm there, right? And and, and they can turn that on and off as they want. What a slick idea. Isn't it great? And, and they are actually on their way to being the largest ATM provider in Europe. So we're working really hard to make them a part of the U.S. market. So, uh, but, you know, and, and that that is one of the wild cards, too, because we didn't think about that as we weren't looking for that particular solution, right? But ATMs for banks are, are, are very expensive. Um, you've got to feed them and water them. They are at risk for being robbed. They're they're thirty to not, is, fifty. You yeah. really don't need. They're never. Them. I mean, I, they're never where I need them, right? And and then right. when you do, they're, they're you know they're three bucks to, to get money out. What a brilliant idea! So does that company have patents on this? You know, I, I they do have some intellectual property on some of their codes and stuff like that, but no particular patents. Yeah, because thinking it might be hard to do that. Uh, well, we we do see we had Arcanum, uh, which had a. Uh, uh, a dynamic keyboard solution, which they just received their patents. We were glad to see that. So they've got a patented technology. I mentioned Upper Room once again. Uh, Matt and, and his father Jack have uh, patented algorithms. So, uh, you know, patents are interesting. I've ha I have some, uh, and, and 
So they're 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 terrific if you can if you can defend them, right? So they're they're as good as your capacity to do that with. Well, they can also be good marketing. Well, they're, they're certainly intellectual property, so they add value to the company and, and, and do create a barrier. Uh, but if a big company gets a hold of that, it's got a deeper pocket. The, yeah. the, the, the trail litigation could not be real beneficial to the early stage companies. So, so it's important, but I don't think it's always necessarily a game changer. It certainly depends on the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C podcast, and now Be Epic. Be Epic.